Welcome to the brand new Voyage Care podcast. For season one, we'll be discussing how we deliver person-centred care to the people we support. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Yvonne, clinical lead, Hannah, nurse manager, and Verlaine, nurse educator at Children's Complex Care. They'll be discussing how the Children's Complex Care team provide person-centred care to the young people and children that they support. Hello and welcome to the Voyage Care podcast. Today it will be led by the Children's Complex Care clinical team and today we're going to be discussing how Children's Complex Care team provide person-centred care. So a little bit about the Children's Complex Care team. We provide care to children and young people with complex health and social needs in various community settings. We liaise extensively with multidisciplinary team professionals in the community and in acute services to ensure all aspects of the child or young person's need are encompassed in care and service delivery. My name's Yvonne Mujeri and I'm the clinical lead and I head up the clinical services at Children's Complex Care. I also look at clinical policies and governance and service provision as a whole for Children's Complex Care. And I'm also the designated safeguarding lead for the organization. And I am with Hannah and Verlaine. Hello, my name is Hannah Eastwood. I'm the clinical nurse manager and I manage the packages in the Southwest region. I've been a paediatric nurse for around eight years and I've been working for Voyage Care for over three years now. Hi, I'm Belaine Wilson. I'm the clinical nurse educator for the Northwest region and I am one of a member of teams that's responsible for education and training of staff. So person-centered care is based on the principle of holistic care and in that we view the person we support as an individual and this allows us to provide care that is bespoke to them and their family. So person-centered care essentially moves away from the hospital model of care delivery where it is primarily led by healthcare professionals in the community Care is very much focused on the person we support, their family and family members. And it is more than just looking at their clinical needs. It is focusing on what is important to them and what's important to their immediate and extended family and how we can help them achieve their own personal goals. So, Hannah, as a clinical nurse manager, how do you feel person-centered care works um, in our organization? So person-centered practice is really key to every part of care that we provide for our children and young people. It helps to give them care that incorporates what's important to them and it meets their individual clinical needs as well. But it also allows them to have choices and allows us to help them achieve both their care and their personal goals. So for us, I think really it starts at the initial assessment. So we go and meet with the family and we discuss with the family not only the clinical needs of the person we're supporting, but we also discuss things like their interests, their hobbies, if there's something that's really important to them, such as a bedtime routine or something they find really comforting. These are really important to the individual and they're things we can't capture unless we sit and have that proper in-depth discussion. Some of the other things we do to support person-centred practice 
are things like presents for each of the children and young people on their birthday. So we make sure that these are individual to their own likes, their own needs and their own abilities. Thank you, Hannah. And Valaine, as the clinical nurse educator for children's complex care, how do you feel person-centered care works in practice within our organization? Person-centered care um, for me as an educator, um, it's working jointly with the clinical nurse managers in completing these initial assessments that Anna mentioned um, earlier. And we provide, in providing bespoke training by using the care plans that we've created to plan the training needs of staff. Um, in view of looking at things like mobility um, competency assessment, we incorporate it into the mobility needs of that specific child and staff are signed off competent on that particular equipment for that child. So it's very much individualized um, for, for all the mobility assessments that we do. Also additionally, looking at things like ventilators, there are so many different types of ventilators and again, these are individualized competencies and each carer is signed off on the different types of ventilator that they're working across all the children that we support. What about you, Yvonne? What do you think? Everything that you've said is embedded in good clinical governance. You've both touched on assessments of risk with the care plans, clinical education, clinical effectiveness and being responsive to the needs of the child and the family. And from hearing what you've both said, it's about working jointly with the parents in ensuring that care is very much centered on the person that we are looking after. When we talk about clinical care, it's very important to try and understand what it is. So for those that may not have much knowledge around this, clinical care is a form of one-to-one -one care delivery that is essentially designed to support the child or young person that is affected by clinical health needs or conditions. And clinical care is around treatment, management, prevention of illness, disease or disability that the child or young person may have. And you find that with clinical care delivery, we are essentially looking after children and young persons that may rely on specialist pieces of medical equipment, such as peg tubes to assist with their nutrition, colostomy bags to assist with bowel movement and evacuation, ventilators that assist with their breathing, there is a lot of involvement from the parents and the families in care planning and ensuring that there's that consistency. Parents are very key and are an integral part of care planning because they know their child or young person more than anybody else because they are the experts in care delivery um, for their child. So they give very good guidance. Would you not say this is true, Hannah? Absolutely. I think it's also worth mentioning that for some of our children, we create a bespoke document called an All About Me booklet. So those booklets contain really detailed information on how to care for that child or young person, but also around what their wants and their interests are so that we can really engage with that young person. We've got children and young people that have seizures 
um, and suffer from epilepsy and seizures present themselves in very different ways. So you can have a textbook definition and description of a seizure and a parent will be able to describe how the how their child's seizure presents and this allows you as the educator Valaine doesn't it uh, to teach the carer how to recognize the seizures as they have been described by the parent um yes you're absolutely right Yvonne we're also even able to show them videos of how what the seizures are like because it's quite easy sometimes to be descriptive but when you've got a video recording um, of the actual seizure then that helps the involvement of the parent is very very important in person-centered care absolutely after all we do say that the parents are the expert in their child or young person so we absolutely need to be led by them as to the little intricacies that we might not see otherwise Yes, and it definitely allows us to advocate uh, for the child, the young person, because we have essential information that the parents give us. We're able to share this with a wider MDT during a meeting, uh, whether it's a child in need meeting or whether it's a team around the child meeting or whether it is a healthcare review meeting. So I'll ask you, Hannah, what would be your favourite success story in the time that you've worked for Children's Complex Care? So I think my favourite success story would be one of a young person we supported to go on a trip. Um, so they went on a trip to a UK city. And we were able to assist that young person to engage in some activities that were very much outside of their usual routine. So it included them going to the theatre, able to go boating, going out for dinner at restaurants. Um, it involved a lot of risk assessments, a lot of planning. We liaised with a lot of the MDT, multidisciplinary team. So that was the clinical commissioning groups for approval as well. The child had a fantastic time and it was wonderful to be able to help them achieve some of their uh, goals in life. I remember this and it was very nice and heartwarming when we saw the pictures that the parent sent over to us. And I think we got very, very good feedback from the parent um, regarding that because they hadn't gone on a trip in a very long time. Thank you, Hannah. So, Valaine, what would you say would be your success story? Well, your favourite one. So my favourite uh, success story was a safeguarding alert for one of the um, young people that we look after. Um, he wasn't able to attend school um, and we had to work with the OT and the physiotherapy in facilitating assessments within the home environment and ensuring that the equipment that he would have used at school, he was able to use those when he was at home as well. And that being in place ensure that he, you know, we had consistency with the care that was provided. He wasn't missing out on not being in school and ensuring that his mobility needs were met. And once he was back at school, because uh, he absolutely loves being at school once, you know, this was sorted and he was able to be in there. It was quite noticeable how much he thrived in that environment. And again, we were able to go in and support carers within the school environment and ensuring that they're competent in managing his needs while he was at school as well. And that, they, you know, he was able to attend school because he was getting this support. 
Yes, I remember this. And um, I believe the clinical nurse manager and the educator worked extensively with the school staff and the school nurse. And we held a lot of meetings in ensuring that this particular young person um, didn't end up on the child protection register and supporting mom in ensuring that she continued making sure that he attended school. And we, we've gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback from the mother as well, Belaine, haven't we? We have this young person's back at school and the joy that she sees on his face when he comes home in the evening, he's up early in the morning, um, ready to go into school. And that for us is, is quite fulfilling to hear. I think it's helped with his socialization as well. It and does. he had a lot of phobia around having tracheostomy changes and introducing new stuff and the interaction that he has, particularly with yourself and the, the new members of staff. Yeah. It's, it's really good to see. He's come a, a long way and he's, he's a, a social butterfly. So it's <laughs> just to see him transition and be this new person is mm. amazing. So Yvonne, do you want to tell us what your success story is? I would say for me, my favorite success story would be a young person that we've looked after for a while now. And I guess the success was in the transition. He had a very successful and smooth transition from children's services into the adult services, which is very difficult um, for a lot of um, young persons and their families because of the way children's services work and uh, transitioning into the adult model of care in the community. And that transition was really good because it allowed him to continue to have the care provision that he had always had. And children's complex care were instrumental in that because he continues to have a very stable rotor and that's allowed consistency and continuity in care. And this has also allowed uh, the parent to continue in her current employment and also have a bit of autonomy and uh, freedom to go on holidays um, and to also socialize. And I think one of the other things um, about person-centered care for children's complex care is the birthday presents that we send um, every time the young person or the child has a birthday. Wouldn't you agree, Hannah and Verlaine? We send those every Every year consistently and the parents are always happy to receive those. Absolutely and I think it's really key we do spend a bit of time thinking about what might be the most appropriate present for them so sometimes it's a helium balloon and I know some children absolutely love those particularly <laughs> children that enjoy more sensory activities that might mm. be the most appropriate sometimes it's a cuddly toy and it really it really varies and it it kind of shows a bit of care and support for the children and families yeah we care we don't just it's not just about the you know the 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 care that we give as in we're we're thinking about it on the long-term basis we're supporting these families and these children and ensuring that you know we they have that special moment and that we remember their birthdays absolutely i know for the young person i was talking about he's an avid manchester united fan and his presence have always been centered around that and there was also a young uh, person whereby the mum had sort of said in a meeting about how his ears get quite cold and for his birthday we sent him a really nice woolly hat and mum 
did sort of give us that feedback that he wears it to school all the time. And it's really, it's, it's, it's nice uh, to always get that positive feedback when we send the birthday presents and the Christmas presents and little cards and stuff like that. And the feedback has always been positive. Absolutely. I, I think when you touched on the, that child being a, a Manchester United fan, I think that's really important because things like that, we, they're not always considered. And actually for that young person, he likes to be dressed up in his Man United shirt whenever there's a game on. So it's really important for us to know that so we can incorporate that in our care. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say your experiences have been um, in regards to patient-centred care during COVID-19? I think one of the key things were the regular welfare checks that we were having with the family. So they were really key in identifying any areas that they were struggling with, discussing how they preferred care to be delivered during this time. Um, so the clinical team and the HR department, we assisted in those welfare checks and we also did welfare checks with our community staff. For me, it was about being adaptable. So there were families who opted to shield. Uh, care was centered around the child's needs and maintaining consistency in service provision to these families. So staff were fit tested and provision of PPE. PPE was provided to ensure staff were safe while still delivering care to the families who wanted to have care. Um, I think continuity of care at the beginning of the pandemic was key as different children and young persons we support have different health, social and educational needs. And we needed to factor this when we were devising our COVID-19 risk assessments with very limited and changing information and guidance. I feel the clinical team at Children's Complex Care had to be very adaptable. And it was also really good that Voyage Care provided regular COVID-19 updates, informing us of latest guidance and changes to practice. So how did, if at all, uh, COVID-19 change your delivery of person-centered care as, I'd say, as a nurse manager, Hannah? Yeah, so I think that there certainly was a change in how we delivered it, but I think we were still able to deliver a very high level of care. I think we've adapted really well. Initially, we moved to virtual visits and virtual meetings, sitting with our families, having a chat, getting to know what's going on. With our schools being shut for quite a long time, a lot of our young people were needing to be homeschooled. So our staff were then taking on the role of that. We were having to adapt to different activities. So for example, we may have been taking our young people out in the community quite a lot. And that certainly wasn't happening for a lot of our children who were shielding. So we would adapt our activities. We started to do things like spa days at home, for example, where they might have uh, a bit of a massage, paint people's nails. And I think people really enjoyed those sort of activities, but we had to be quite creative um, and adapt that. But I would say the staff have played an absolutely essential role in maintaining the continuity of care this time has been so uncertain for so many of our families. Having that continuity of staff has, has been a, a real asset. Thank you. And Valaine, how did, or if at all, COVID-19 change your delivery of person-centred care as a clinical nurse educator? Um, it has changed our role um, in, in the sense that as nurse educators, training was vital. It was important that we, we carried on, but we wanted to carry on 
with all of us feeling safe and we were able to maintain a safe social distancing whilst training. So I think definitely um, COVID-19 has had a positive uh, impact in our adaptability and continuing to run our services safely. Yes, I, I would agree that it, it's it's certainly, despite the challenges, you know, we realised that we we were able to to still achieve the things we wanted to achieve and at a very high standard as well. So thank you, Valaine and Hannah, uh, for participating in our podcast where we've been talking about person-centered care and how this is delivered by children's uh, complex care and i would like to thank everybody for listening in and if you'd like to learn more please visit our website thanks for having me thanks everyone if you'd like to learn more about our exceptional person-centered care please visit our website voyagecare.com Stay tuned for another episode of our podcast next week.